Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of TPS Traffic Jam. Today we have different guests, because that's what we do. See, every episode is different guests. Today we've got Blaze and Jeff, and they are with Right Track Racing. We are. So nobody knows what that is. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There's probably a lot of people who know exactly what that is. Uh, but let's assume that they don't. What is Right Track Racing? Uh, we are an anti-street racing and stunt driving initiative uh, that we started, uh, Jeff and I. Uh, while we were working in the community response unit with uh, 43 Division. Right on. So the goal is to get people to do the right thing, race on the track instead of the road? That's right. Uh, we're also uh, working with several other uh, venues where we're trying to get uh, people that are interested in the trades, uh, anything to do with automotive, uh, whether it's designing of cars or working on cars uh, or even racing um, in so, so not only do you have cool shirts and logos and, and, and merch, but you, you're, you're actually uh, your car enthusiast. You, you, this is how you started. It's not just because you, you were trying to get people to be safer. It's that you actually have a love for the, the sport. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Both me and Blaze have been in car and you know, culture for a long time. So we were working together in the community response unit. We kind of hit it off, and that's how this thing all started. And so far, how long have you been doing it? So we got kind of shut down there during COVID, uh, but uh, but actively uh, at the uh, doing the presentations and what have you for a year, and uh, since we got opened up again, um, but we have been chiseling away at this for close to two years now. And I know you mentioned that you're in the process of building a car, right? That's right. So we got our own race car that was uh, that was built by uh, by Jeff and I. Um, it actually just came back from the body shop yesterday. So this is a very exciting time for the project because essentially it was already put together and then we took it apart to get it painted. Okay. And then uh, we're going to have it at our uh, community events, uh, car shows, uh, racetracks this summer. And, and is, is the plan to drive that car in or, and race it or is it mostly a showpiece? Uh, it's, we will race that car, uh, but it's both. Okay. So it's uh, you know it's a representation of ourselves uh, that we are car people and we built it, as well as uh, you know racing the car and uh, and having some fun with it as well. I, I love it, and and I've got friends who are racers. I appreciate the the, the whole game. I did. I, I've learned a lot about the racing industry recently because of my friend Brian Max. But it's 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 not what many people think. There's so many different ways to participate on tracks with your own vehicles. Like you can get exposure to racing and get that thrill without doing it on the road and putting people at risk. And, and I guess that's a big component of what you talk about. Yeah, people don't realize there's options out there. You could take your own car to the track and it, you know, you can build a little race car. It doesn't have to be crazy expensive. Obviously there's a range, Yeah. you know, real race cars do get up there, but uh, you can start off small and there's lots of tracks around Around the area, unfortunately, they're not that close to Toronto, but well, they're out there. I was going to say, most of the people when I talk about take it to the track, they go, well, build the track closer to us and maybe we will. Like, yeah. That's the excuse. And it is an excuse because anyone who's determined to, to do it right knows where to go and goes there. Well, you have to support our local tracks. I mean, they're not going to build racetracks for free, right? So you got to got to get out there, use these tracks, and maybe one day they will build one closer. Well, you know, you make a really good point, support the local tracks. Yeah. So when you go there and people start going to the track and it's just so busy and they're making so much money, 
but maybe they'll build another one because they'll have that revenue. But if no one shows up and no one's willing to take the drive, yeah. how do you get them to invest? And I right. think some people have said, well, the government should do it because you want us to be safe. Well, no, that's not how this works. Yeah. Uh, you want something, you make it happen. And just like you guys have, have made this happen with Right Track Racing. It, it's tough. It's a, it's, you know, it, it's a tough thing to, to get going, a racetrack. Um, you know, there's a there's a noise aspect to it and what have you. So, you know, you're not going to put a racetrack near a, a residential area, obviously. Not mine and, anyway. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, I wouldn't be happy about it either, right? And as much as I'm a car person. Uh, so, it, but we did go to an event just recently in, in um, towards the end of the season uh, where they were, um, where a drifting team was, was racing on a go-kart track, which there's go-kart tracks close by. So, um you know that's that's another option, and and the, the drifting seems to be pretty popular with uh, with the younger crowd. So they're drifting right? full size vehicles on a go kart track, or go karts on a go kart track. Oh, full size uh, vehicles. Yeah. I would have never thought that that would be possible to do that. So that, that's yeah. interesting. So it's, I actually would think the same. And uh, when I got talking to our um, to our drifting uh, teams, they actually told me that they enjoy doing it on the go kart track because there's more turns. Interesting. Right? So. Um, they consider it to be more fun. I can see that. And closer mm -hmm. is a big sell. And it's covered under the exemption of, of the HTA permitting stunt driving on that facility. You're not breaking the law. Right. Right. And, and that's a big thing. A lot yeah. of people were really upset by that change. Especially on that go-kart track, too. There's not the speed element. So if you, know, you go off the track, you're just spinning off into grass at a low speed. But everybody has fun. You know, I've been told that uh, drifting is... Uh, kind of like a, going to a skate park with a skateboard. You just go do tricks with your friends, hang out, have some fun. Well, I like the slow speed or the lower yeah. speed element of it. I, I can appreciate that that is a safer way to play. What I really have concerns about is when people are doing it on the road, when they're doing it in parking lots. Or, uh, that's that's it more, it's now illegal under the HTA. It's now something that's going to get you that 15-day that, uh, suspension or 14-day suspension, that 30-day uh, impound Sorry, 30-day suspension, 14-day <laughs> yeah. impound. Uh, it, it's going to trigger those things because of the issues that were taking place with all the takeover events. So uh, it's, it's really cool that there's, there's venues that are supportive of it. So uh, is, is drifting part of your, your curriculum, if, that, if that's the right word? So I, I can't give it away quite yet, but we are partnering up with a, uh, with a drifting team that will be on our social media in the next uh, few weeks. So where can people find you on social media? RightTrackRacing.ca. It will have all our uh, social media on uh, listed on our website. Awesome. The one one easy place to find you and, and follow you, and you're on TikTok. You're on all the platforms. Yes. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Right on. And then soon, I'm sure you got to take over YouTube when you start getting into that long form uh, content. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. It, Anything is possible yeah. at this point. Now, something that you mentioned to me uh, before is that a lot of what you do is on your own time. So this week, uh, I finished at 7 a.m. on Monday, and uh, I haven't had a day off yet because of right track racing. Um, but it, there's a lot of passion behind it, and um, so for me, it's not time. It's something that I enjoy doing, and, um, and it keeps me uh, grounded. Yeah. Yeah, when, when we started this whole thing, we were both in the crew at 43 Division, and the crew, they disbanded the crew. So... We kind of moved on in separate directions, and we've actually started this now as a non-for-profit organization. So, again, we're doing it a lot on our own time, and uh, yeah. 
Because we don't have that uh, flexibility to do at work anymore. Because you're you're not even on the same shifts all the time, right? right? So I, I think it's really important to to highlight the fact that this is a, a passion project that you're doing it because it's the right thing to do and you and you believe in it. Because so often people think that police officers only do things because they're being paid to do it. Right. You know, you're on social media, they say to me, because, oh, you're getting paid. Well, I am being paid, but I also put in all the hours when I'm at home responding to questions in my underwear because I'm doing this all the time. Mm -hmm. If I'm before bed, you know, I'm constantly on social media. You guys are constantly doing this uh, on your own time because it's important. I, I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. I, 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 it, it shows such a, con a, a commitment to the community and the car culture and, 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 and doing the right thing and keeping people safe. And it's, it's awesome. So thank yeah. you for, for, for giving up your own time uh, to do these things. And, Our pleasure. Uh, we, I appreciate that because a lot of work goes into yeah. it. And, and, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's little things behind the scene that takes a lot of time. It took us a lot of time to set everything up. Mm -hmm. And we're finally uh, at the end stages of the setup. And, uh, and we're looking forward to holding our events this summer. Yeah. And, and what kind of events can we look forward to seeing yet? Well, we're looking to hold a car show in August. It'll be kind of a fundraiser for the, the drag race car that we're building and to you know, get our, promote, promote, promote our, uh, sorry. Promote I, I, our, I trip over yeah. my, my, my words all the time. <laughs> You're in good company. Promote the program, get our name out there and uh, you know, inspiration for young kids who want to get into car culture and we'll show how, how to do it safely, responsibly and legally. And we're also uh, working with uh, with a drift team, uh, so we're we're doing a couple events with uh, alongside with them. Um, and it's uh, it's an all uh, ladies drift team actually. Right on. Um, and uh, and like I said, I, I'm going to hold that under my hat until we. Uh, are there a lot of are there a lot of all ladies drift teams that we're going to be wading through like One. tons of listings if we try and figure it out ourselves? Uh, I'm I'm sure there's quite a few out there, <laughs> okay. but but I I'm, I'm sure you can figure out if you if you really want. Um, you know, just from our, um, our, our social media, but, uh, so we're doing some events with them, uh, at, uh, at Shannonville, uh, at the racetrack, as well as Toronto Motorsports Park. Okay. Uh, Toronto Motorsports Park, uh, is, uh, we're going to be doing a few things with them as well, where they're holding events for, uh, for school, uh, grade 12s that are looking to get into the trades. Um, so we're working with them as well. Um, I don't have any dates as for that, uh, as of yet, we're, we're still trying to iron everything out. But there's there's all that stuff coming up, and then, you know, any uh, any community events that come up along the way will be at as well. Awesome. The uh, what is the ultimate goal? Like, where where do you see this program being in five years? So the ultimate goal, um, and I, I quite often tell the the students that have had this this uh, presentation that we do, and I, and I'll get into the, the presentation that we we do in a, in a couple minutes, but. Uh, the goal for me is it started for me in high school. Um, so at 16, I start, you know, doing body work on cars. And uh, by the time I'm 19, um, I'm racing cars in the street, right? Um, and, you know, you realize how dangerous it was, especially when you become a police officer and you realize the speeds is what kills, right? So, you know, I can't, I can't change the 25-year-old's mind that's out there uh, shutting down intersections. They already chose to do that. They're adults. Um, you know, maybe one day they grow out of it and they stop doing it. But so we we mainly focus our presentations on the grade 11, 12 students that are getting into the getting to the point where they're driving their cars. 
Uh, they're getting their G1s, possibly getting their G2s soon. Um, and, uh, and we've actually had a, a couple of students uh, in our classes that even had race cars. Um, so, you know, whether that's family or what have you, I don't know. But it, in five years, if we can get ahead of that and, uh, and maybe change uh, some of the culture uh, and, and show those students um, not to get involved with that, uh, we even go as far as we tell the, uh, the, the, the youth that are passengers in a car, so it's, if your friend's driving around and, and, you know, they're doing 150 down uh, Lawrence Avenue um, and you have an opportunity to get out of that car, it's, it's, it's time to go. You know, like, call us, call your parents, you know, we'll get you home one way or another. Mm -hmm. uh, because, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen it in your profession and we've seen it a few times as well where, you know, somebody's driving uh, erratically and it's the passenger that gets killed, not the driver. Right. It's scary just how often mm -hmm. that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Our mission statement is to prevent uh, street racing and stunt driving through education over enforcement. Kind of sums up what we're all about. And not that, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, uh, we don't want to make it sound like enforcement is not important. It is important. Mm -hmm. It's very important because sometimes that's the only way people get it, right? Um, but like I said, if I can get ahead of it, with uh, where we can get ahead of it with the youth, yeah, uh, maybe we do make a difference. I, I think you're 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 on it because you're you're talking about a separate organization where you can partner with all sorts of uh, people uh, to help educate and get people before they make the, the poor decision. Right. If you can prevent them from going down that road altogether, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And then you know, leaving the the, the traffic and, and uniform officers who are out there looking for the people who've chosen to break the law. That's when the enforcement kicks in. I totally get right. it. So right. so I think that that your mission statement's right on the money. Yeah. Because your, that your program isn't an enforcement program. It isn't a police program, per se, even though you're both police yeah. officers. So right. We want to be a friendly face that people know they can reach out to us and have questions, ask questions. Yeah. And, you know, instead of waiting to get that ticket in their hand to figure out, oh, they shouldn't have done that, call us ahead of time. We'll talk about it to make sure you don't get that ticket in the first place. And they don't understand many times what the consequences of those tickets yeah. are. You know, stunt driving charges that, that carry those roadside suspensions and impounds have costs, and that's one thing. But that's not even getting to court yet. Right. If you're convicted in court, it's it's a two to $10,000 fine, a one to $3,000 right. suspension up to six mm -hmm. months in jail. And you can work through an escalation process where you actually get a lifetime suspension on your, on your driver's license. I don't think that people who are trying to have a good time understand the true consequences. And that's where, where, you know, the education comes in. And we're, we're doing this, you know, Monday to Friday, talking to people online, but you have a totally different way of connecting to somebody as a car person. Because mm -hmm. here I'm, I'm, I'm a car person, but I'm not a car person. And let me flip that from what you just said with the fines and everything else that goes along with it, right? Your insurance rate's going up. Um, so for 50 or $60, you come out to a drifting event, you do that all day and not have to worry about getting in trouble. Right? Yeah. This mm -hmm. is what we're trying to drive home. Right? You know... In, uh, you flipped it in a, in a direction that I want to go. What what do you think the motivation is for people who are who who are drawn to drifting, racing? Because very often there, I hear excuses. Well, we've been cooped up for so long. We're just trying to have fun. Just leave us alone. We're not hurting anybody. Like there's all sorts of excuses as to why stunt driving on the road is okay when it's quite obviously not because we see the carnage that it creates. It's a lot of, and, and, and many people who haven't experienced it trying to defend it saying, well, I've been doing it, I've gotten away with it, I haven't hurt anybody. You know, what's the, what do you think the motivation is? And is it the same payoff doing it on the track? 
It's, I think some of the some of the draw to doing it on the street is just the thrill of running from the police and doing something you're not supposed to. I don't know if we're ever going to reach those people, but uh, you know, the people that kind of fall into that crowd who are not there uh, for that reason. I think we can reach those people and get them to take it to the track. And you can still have a thrill at the track. Um, you know, maybe not running from the cops kind of thrill, but... You know, I don't understand the running yeah. from the cops. I, as a kid, I. Um, obviously I became a police officer, so I, I, I wasn't someone who was anti-police, but I, I, I don't think that's stress I want. Like, no, it's, no, it's not no, for me. I, I wouldn't I, want it. I, I, if lights yeah. go on behind me, for whatever reason, my first instinct is still, what did I do? Yeah. Like, I'm... I. Honest people generally don't want to see the police behind them. And, right. it, and if that's an exciting thrill, that's, yeah. that's a problem there. You know, even as a police officer now, when I'm driving home and I see OPP on the 401, I still, oh, am I, you know, am I got my seatbelt on? Yeah. Am I doing the speed limit? Am I, Why is know? he looking at me? Who's <laughs> looking at me? Stop I'm looking not, at me. <laughs> exactly. That's, it's, 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 it's across the board. Yeah. It's an honest response. And, if you, and, and generally speaking, people who are way too comfortable uh, with police or people we, we generally have to worry about. <laughs> Even the police have to be worried about yeah. police. Um, that's so cool. Uh, so the, you, you have a drag car. That's what you're building right now. That's right. What kind of car is it? Is it custom from the ground up? Is it a converted so car? So it's a 2007 Mustang. Um, the entire, uh, basically from the front seat forward, has been cut away. Um, and it's basically all just uh, one big roll cage from the back to the center section of the car. Um, the front's been modified uh, as well, but not quite as much as, uh, as the back. Uh, the engine doesn't belong in there. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a race engine. Um, same with the transmission. Uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of pieced together like, a, like an actual race car would be normal. Okay. It's a so. strictly a race car, too. It's not a dual-purpose street race car, so it'll be trailered to the track. And, and it's strictly it's a straight-line drag car. Built yes. For drag race. Now, I I used to drag race when I was younger, right? And I not only did I drag race, I, I worked in a shop where we will we built the drag cars, um, and uh, so that's kind of what's been you know my thing for for my entire life uh, that I've been into uh, racing. Um, I never actually uh, rolled raced or anything like that. Okay. Uh, as much as I as much as I I really like it and I, I like watching it, I've never uh, never really done it myself. So you got real background, from, even from the perspective of working in a shop. This isn't just something you dreamt up and said, I used to go fast in, you know, in the back 40, and now, now I want to be. Mm -hmm. you, you have real race experience from the, from the building side. Yes, and it, this actually came up when we first started doing the program. Um, uh, our, um, our unit commander, uh, Dave Rizek, suggested uh, uh, to us that we bring somebody in who is an ex-street racer. And, uh, and, I said, uh, and I said to him, I said, you're, you're looking at one. He, you know, he's kind of surprised, right? But, um, and I, and I have, have been very honest about it, and uh, you know, because people know me in the car, car culture, right? Uh, people will will see me, and uh, and they'll know that what I did and, and how I did it, and I'm very honest about it. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it wasn't the right thing to do at the time, um, and I shouldn't have done it, but I was there, and I, so I can understand the culture uh, quite a bit more than than most people would, 
Right. It's interesting that you bring that up because I think there's a lot of people as we're in the hiring phase of, of uh, in the hiring, we're always hiring, but there's a push right now looking for uh, for candidates for police officer. And I think a lot of people who have histories where they've done things that were not perfectly, you know, above board or, or frowned upon or breaking the rules, I think that they can't be a police officer. That, that, that because they made a decision when they were a kid, that that decision will, will carry through. If you if you didn't hurt people and if you didn't uh, you know end up in jail and you didn't it doesn't mean you can't change and you can't right. do the right thing. Uh, we all made mistakes when we were younger. You just got to show that you've moved on and grown up since then. And the main thing is is you you have to be honest about it. Yeah. I mean you know if if you take your integrity down because of uh, because you don't want to be honest about one ticket, um, then uh, you know what else. And, not leaving out. And driving is a huge component of becoming a police officer, not only because we all drive as part of our duties, but because if you have a record that is horrendous and because you're out doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, and then you go to apply because that's, you, you know, that's just, you want to be a cop. And then we look at that history and say, well, one second, do you respect the law? How are, how are we going to go put you in a car, in a uniform, and say, go, go enforce the laws mm-hmm. uh, that you obviously, especially with a recent bad driving history, how are we going to ask you to go enforce? And we drive laws? every day. Yeah, if you lose sometimes your... all all day, right? It's our office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, we, right. Our office has wheels. Well, my, mine even has wheels, but it, it's on a, in a carpet floor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, who do you want to? Who do, who should be reaching out to you? Who do you want to talk to, in terms of uh, you know people to get involved with your program and how do you get involved? So one uh, one um, uh, organization that. I plan to reach out to in the next little while is uh, Young Drivers of Canada. Uh, I'm hoping to work together with them because they're the biggest uh, driving school out there. Um, so that would be a, a good one for us. Um, I mean, the CAA, they're, uh, they're uh, about road safety as well, right? Yeah. So they would be uh, a, a good uh, good partner for us uh, um, and as well as uh, some of the insurance companies. So you're looking for support from companies and corporations to come and help uh, develop programs with you and, 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 and I, I imagine help fund it and, and do things like that. But in terms of, let's say, kids, students, how do they get involved? Well, our social media. Follow us on social media. We'll be posting our upcoming events. Come out to our events. If you've got an idea, if you want to work together, you know, maybe a shop teacher is listening and you have an idea to work in collaboration with us, reach out to us. We're happy to become involved and work together. Do you, is there an opportunity if I want to get involved with racing? Can I uh, become a racing car driver, or can I can I race your car? Is that something that's going to happen, or is that is that that is uh, it, it 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 be probably too much liability um, on our part? Uh, but uh, I mean, by all means, uh, if somebody is building a race car and they need some guidance, okay. um, or uh, or you know uh, you know how to lay things out or, or what have you. Uh, we're we're more more than happy to help with any of that stuff. Um, putting somebody in a in a race car that be a little bit uh, more. Uh, I can see the concerns there, yeah. but I I just want to ensure that anyone watching or listening uh, understands that you're primarily education and support and and That's all right. all of the good stuff. But there are programs because I, I Travis Hill of uh, of uh, uh, Tooth Racing uh, there in and Kaya Bogi. I never say this. Kaya Bogi is that did I say that right in Ottawa? It's a racetrack out there. They're, they're auto sports. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear from him later. He says, you didn't say it right. <laughs> but but uh, uh, they have, an, in the auto area, they have a school. You can go and and rent time in a, in a uh, uh, what is it, a, a Civic or a Miata. I think it's a Miata. I think Miatas and Civics, depending if you want front wheel or real drive, they go into BMWs. They go into even open wheel cars. They, they have a full program. Now, it's not cheap, 
but someone who's really interested in getting becoming a professional racer can go from zero to hero uh, by going through their program. Mm, yep. And I just didn't, I, I wanted to make sure that we were on the right. Pro so it's a it's a different element. You're not doing the training per se, but you're giving guidance and education. Right, right. That's, and it's very it, both are important. It just depends on where you're at in the game. And we uh, we kind of lay that out in our in our presentations. So we do one hour presentations for for high school students, and uh, some of it is about you know we started off with kind of like how we got into everything and and how we do uh, um, our racing, um, and you know like and I'm very honest about uh, what how things happen with me is uh, you know I have two uh, two kids now that are driving age yeah and uh, you know these kids they grew up around 3,000 horsepower race cars mm -hmm. and they think you know a uh, thousand horsepower on a car is no big deal um, so then you get to a point where you're like okay well I've created a monster here what do I do <laughs> right you gotta uh, harness it directly right. so you know and if if uh, if you have my kids that are at risk uh, the uh, the average kid that is not into race cars, just driving their um, mom's Civic or what have you, um, can be just as much at risk because we have a, we have a, a power or the PowerPoint. Uh, one of the case studies we have is uh, two students left the school in Scarborough, and um, they're driving their mom and dad's car and they start racing across uh, Ellesmere, and one of them loses control and they killed one of their grade 12 friends wow. from their class. Um, who was walking on the sidewalk and uh, and I always tell people on you know when things like that happen it just doesn't just affect the the person that uh, like the direct people around that person that was killed uh, you know friends family obviously it's going to affect them but it affects uh, anybody outside of that circle as well uh, the first responders uh, the people that were just walking by uh, you know like uh, I just to give you, for instance, when I pulled the archives up from that case, from that case study, that one was actually 20 years old, and uh, so it was. It, we've been through multiple systems uh, with the Toronto Police Service. So when I pulled it up, all that was basically in it was one page of uh, you know just the um, the the people that were involved, and um, and there was no story. Well, at the bottom, I saw a badge number that I recognized, and. Uh, it was a it was a friend of mine, and I went to him and I said, uh, "Hey, I said, do you do you remember this?" And he looked down at the paper and he says, "Oh man," he says, "That was 20 years ago." But when I explained to him what the incident was, he remembered it like it was yesterday, right? So, you know, there's there's a lot more happening when when somebody when something tragic like that happens, uh, and that's one of them. The other incident that we have in our um, in our uh, presentation is uh, where I was first on scene. At a racing accident in 2019, and um, and I and I walked up to the car, and I, I still never forget it because all that was left of this vehicle was uh, was sheet metal wrapped around the pole. Everything else was uh, in backyards, right? Engine, you know, spare tire, even the radio was in the backyards, um, and just the center sheet metal of the car uh, wrapped around the pole. And uh, and the two EMS people that walked up with me, I was the first officer there. Um, walked up and they were fairly new EMS people and and one of them turned around and looked at me and said what do you think happened and I'm I'm looking and I and I know what happened it was it was speed that it's, it's always the speed that happens right and uh, people sometimes they look at these cars uh, on, on NASCAR and uh, you know whether it's drag racing or any type of motorsports 
Um, these cars are not your mom's uh, caravan, okay? They're built uh, a lot differently. Every time we had somebody killed in a motorsport accident, um, we perfected it. We added another bar here, another bar there, a better safety harness, maybe a better seat, whatever it took uh, to um, uh, prevent protect the, the driver. Yeah. Protect the driver. So I always explain to to them uh, that I used to build race cars, and uh, and I show them an incident where uh, a friend of mine uh, crashed uh, his uh, his car uh, in Vegas a few years ago, and he walked away and he hit that wall twice at over 200 kilometers an hour, right? And I said these cars, their number one job, as much as you think they're race cars, their number one job is to protect the driver, mm -hmm. right? Um, your everyday car that you're using to get go get groceries, they're they're built well. And you know, people say to me all the time, oh, they don't build them like they used to. No, they build them better. They they really do build them a lot better. But um, but they're not you know they're not full safe. Even race cars, things can happen, right? Um, you know, and and I explain to them the differences in in crashing a race car versus crashing your everyday car. There's so many differences, you know, from the Hans device to uh, to structural roll cages and improper harnesses. But we hear the same things. Because I talk about speed kills all the time, and I get, uh, no, it doesn't. It's the sudden stop. Okay, yeah, we get it. That, ha ha. But it is speed. You increase the speed, you increase the damage, you increase the risk of death. Uh, it, there's so many things. You can't change physics. And yet people say, well, I've got great brakes. But, but they tend to discount, like, yeah, great brakes do lots of things, and they, you know, maybe they will function better, faster, stronger, but they still have failures. They still have the biggest failure, which is the person pushing the pedal. You know, when you're not paying attention because you're not a, a professional mm -hmm. driver and you're not focused, you're focused on your infotainment system, a race car has nothing in the car mm -hmm. except you to focus on uh, on the task at hand. Mind you, I, I just got a, a picture of my friend's new, uh, uh, was it a GT, it's a, it's a Mercedes spec built uh, car, and he's got like like it looks like a Nintendo controller on his on his thing for tuning revs, and I don't even understand. But yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on, but it's not it's not out it's not outside of the realm of racing or driving. You're still in the focus of doing that that thing you do when you're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> they're driving. They're not you know choosing music, right? So it, that, that's a big thing. They're not talking to their buddy next to them. Maybe they're getting instructions from a pit crew, or whatever. But it's it's it, the excuse of technology will protect us, and technology is is better. So speed doesn't yeah. matter, and I can go two hundred. Is silly. Yeah, there really is a uh, a mental state with drivers. Uh, if you uh, if you look at professional drivers like uh, like my friend Eric Latino, uh, quite often the night before, he so the races usually are on Sundays. He will do everything within his power to um, keep his mental state uh, right on Saturday night leading into race day. Um, he, you will never see him, you know, coming out uh, to the restaurant and, and having a few drinks and, you know, and, and partying. Um, it's, you really have to have your mind on that race car um, because, you know, it'll, it'll slap you in the face and make you look stupid. Oh. All the technology in the world going into the car still doesn't make the street a racetrack. You're still going to have pedestrians, kid chasing balls on the streets, um, the unexpected. You know, at the racetrack, you have safety barriers, you have first responders there. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about somebody making an illegal turn in front of you. Um, yeah. It's a totally different yeah. animal.
And if you can, if, if you want to for a second suggest that you're a fantastic driver and so many drivers think they're great, let's give them credit. We'll say they're amazing. But you have to count on everybody else on the road being horrible. Exactly. And if everyone else is horrible, then no matter how good you are, you're looking for trouble. That's the unexpected. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's coming. You have to expect the unexpected. I like that. Exactly. Uh, what, 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 uh, there was there was some point I wanted to, to bring up, and I've, I've since lost it, so I'm going to skip. <laughs> there was something that was really good, and I, I lost it, so it happens. Uh, what what we, we we've been chatting for a, a bit. Uh, what do we want to What do we want to leave those who are listening with? Uh, you know, like big the big words of encouragement and and. and uh, if you're tempted so, to street race, take it to the track. I like <laughs> so, that. About that. So one. that is that is our That's model. Our um, one thing that it it keeps coming up with our social media is uh, we'll get quite often we'll get uh, emails or uh, even. Uh, even comments on on our, a lot of our, our social media where, and it's the same thing every time. They, the racetracks keep getting closed. Uh, you know, there's nowhere to go. Um, I I know some of the racetracks are a little bit further from Toronto, and uh, and that can be frustrating. Um, but I would hope that uh, that we can uh, have some people that will say, you know what, I'll just make that drive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and go to the racetrack. It's worth or, the drive. Or I'll go to that drifting event at the you know uh, go kart track that's only forty five minutes away. Uh, versus I'm gonna you know take my life uh, into my own hands. And, and you know when I when I did street racing and and I can understand what's happening. You know the this, the culture of uh, of social media and what have you. That um, I see it. I'm all over social media. Uh, we're we're all addicted to our phones. Um, so. And me, my, myself included, um, we, and I forget, I, I kind of don't want to know where I'm going with this, but we don't. <laughs> Been there. Uh, yeah. So we don't know uh, what's coming uh, as far as all this stuff goes, right? And, uh, and I hope. And I hope that uh, that we can make a difference on, on all that stuff. I think acknowledging that we don't know what we don't know is huge. And people who are interested in cars, love cars, even people who are diligent about reading up on cars, don't know what they don't know. And the racing world has so much more to it uh, than meets the eye. It's like the Transformers. Uh, the, the deal is that if you are truly a car person, if you're really interested in doing it, do it right. Don't right. do it. Support the, the, the hobby. Support the industry. Go and take the drive and invest in a, mm -hmm. in, a, in a weekend away of doing it right because that's the only way it's going to get better, continue to get funded, not get shut down, and to truly participate in something better. You're not yeah. you're hanging out with your buddies who think that you, you know stuff. You're, you're living in a silo. You only know what you know. So I think this is great. What you're doing is fantastic. Thank you again for doing it. Thanks for coming and hanging out here. Uh, I hope that everyone goes and follows you on your social media. So it's righttrackracing.ca uh, where all the social media is going to be listed and you can, you can right. get and follow mm -hmm. you everywhere. I, I look forward to, to watching the adventure and I hope they come out and check out what you're doing uh, on the track someday. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. One Appreciate thing it. that uh, we didn't mention is that the race car that we're building is privately funded. It's not, not a single tax dollar was used for that. I, I think it's clear that this is something that uh, that you're doing because you love it and, and not to, to, to try and uh, benefit in any way uh, from from the taxpayers. Yeah. And sorry, uh, where I was going with the social media, I lost train of thought there for a second, but um, what's happening with with the social media is we're starting to see more and more fun videos, right? And uh, and I love them, right? Uh, and what's what's going on is what, what was happening 20 years ago with the street racing now 
uh, with, for instance, my generation, when we used to street race, we'd go out in the middle of nowhere and there was no cameras and you know none of the social media. Um, and now it's being taken to another level where uh, it, we've, we've been one-upped, right? Uh, let, let's be honest, uh, you know, it's, it's, and the cars are faster, right? Uh, we're, we have uh, 1,000 horsepower cars uh, now instead of, you know, we used to soup them up to four or 500 horsepower. So I think if, if I can at least reach a, a few people, uh, I've done my job when I say, uh, you know, um, don't try to one-up us. Well, it, one life saved is one life saved, and that makes mm -hmm. everything worthwhile. I, I think very often when we talk to people who say, I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I'm going fast, who am I going to hurt? What they don't consider, even though they might hurt themselves, is their own families. Mm -hmm. right. You know, if it's your mother, your brother, your sister, your cousin, the people who care about you, even if you're a bit of an idiot, you know, they, they care about you, and they will be destroyed if you get destroyed. And the, you know, that element, people don't look at that, that three steps forward, a life of rehabilitation if they've broken every bone in their body, if they even make it out alive. So our, so our case study for the, the vehicle that I was first on scene for in 2019 for the racing accident, we went as far as interviewing the parents, and we have a, a video of, uh, of, his, of Sean's dad um, that he still to this day has not driven by that intersection. Uh, he doesn't want to see it. He's never seen it on on uh, on TV or anything like that. He's he's unable to face it, right? You know, and, and unfortunately, that was uh, the decision that Sean made that day that that cost him his life, right? And, and changed everybody else close to him forever. Right. Yeah. Well. I hope that this this episode goes uh, you know far and wide so people can get a taste of it because that the hearing you talk about that mm -hmm. uh, you know I can I can I can visualize that's that's it's I've had enough trauma uh, exposure to to collisions to, to be able to put myself in your shoes as the first on scene I can't you, you just add it on with that the story about the dad uh, it, it, it 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 really it really gets to me uh, that kind of stuff. People, people need to understand just mm -hmm. how serious these, these are not toys. I mean, we can play with mm -hmm. them off road. We can do great things in controlled environments, but cars are not toys. Right. Anyway, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks um, for having us. I, my pleasure, and I hope I, I hope we can do this again uh, and, and and get the next installment of what's going on next. And uh, I'll be watching on social media. Absolutely, so. support your local racetrack. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, take care, and we'll see you on the next one. I don't even know what camera to look at anymore. Thank you. <laughs> take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>